Harvest Church. Let's stand and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning.
was saying a couple weeks ago, uh, we were in worship and there was this pause in the worship time. And I didn't know what was going on on the platform. I just had my eyes closed and I was just trying to worship. And, but I thought, man, this is, as I, as I had my eyes closed, I thought this is a very sweet moment right here. And uh, as I looked up to, to find out why the pause, I realized somebody was trying to get their capo on their guitar and it was, but I thought this, this was a good experience. I think for us just to have a, a moment of pause in our worship time. And so uh, from time to time, most, most Sundays I would imagine, we'll, we'll just take time where there's going to be a bit of a pause and just kind of a Selah moment in our worship. And if you feel at that time like you, the Lord has put something on your heart to pray for, pray out loudly so that we can hear. We've got some mics on the on the crowd so that we can try to hear everything that's going on. But it's a good time if you feel like the Lord's put a verse on your heart or if you got a word of, of exhortation or affirmation for the body of Christ. And that's, that's your moment to do that. So just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And if you feel like the Lord's given you something, go ahead and speak that out. And then we'll continue to worship as we kind of feel led to do that. So um, let's pray and then we're going to continue to worship. And um, and after I get done praying, I'm just going to give it a pause, and we're just going to kind of practice here. So, Lord, we just want to thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are here, Lord. And as we pause as an act of worship before you, just kind of in holy adoration <laughs> with a gratitude and appreciation, the heart of worship, God, we'll, we'll just take time to listen and respond. We thank you, Lord. Let's just take a moment. And if you feel led in this moment to pray out or whatever, just do that loudly from your seat there and we'll agree with you.
worship of the king the king of kings and the lord of lords who's over everything who created everything who is in us and living through us and uh, lord we just give our hearts our souls our minds to you jesus you are the king of everything lord we are so grateful for you lord we thank you for moments of pause we thank you for moments of being able to just reflect on your goodness, no matter what's happening in our lives and our worlds around us, Lord, we can reflect and be grateful for the goodness that, that you are, Jesus, for the greatness uh, that you are, Jesus. And we're just so grateful for you. We're eternally grateful for you, no matter what's happening in our worlds, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. Lord, thank you that in a world that is so hurried and so desperate and so and just running around, Lord, that we can just rest in you. We can come and and just cast our eyes on you. We can fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus. You're so good. We look to you for our needs. We look to you for our um, to fulfill us, Lord, in every aspect of our lives where, where we're looking for fulfillment in other places, Lord, I just pray that each person would find fulfillment in you, Jesus, alone. We love you so much, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you can go ahead and take your seats. My name is Curtis, and uh, I'm uh, excited to share announcements with you this morning. Um, we've got a few things going on. Uh, we've got the beach bonfire baptism happening this afternoon, but I'm going to have Jeremy come up and share about that in a minute because there's it's pretty exciting, so I'm going to let Jeremy take that one. Um, and then we've got uh, another great thing coming up is the Lifeline Banquet. If you weren't here last week, I shared a bit about that, but uh, they've got some exciting announcements going on. Um, at that banquet, they've also got uh, Pam Tebow, which is Tim Tebow's mom. She's this uh, guest speaker. She's going to be sharing her story, um, which is pretty powerful. Um, so that banquet's on the 20th. If you want more information about that, about purchasing a table or about uh, giving to Lifeline, you can uh, get information about that at the info center at the back there. Uh, they'd be glad to help. Um, also, M6 is tomorrow evening, so join us for that. Um, great opportunity for men to get connected into community, to have some worship and testimony. It's a great time. Um, also, along with that, uh, we just want to share a little bit about what's happening around the world. Um, so our, our missionaries in Azerbaijan, um, which is a country between Russia and Iran, um, are doing some incredible things. Um, one guy in particular, our main missionary, his name is Ilgar. Him and his family are doing some incredible things, um, traveling around Azerbaijan and also in some of the um, 
eastern parts of Russia uh, that are very Muslim-oriented, so uh, basically 100% Muslim in that area. And so they're sharing the gospel. They're seeing some amazing fruit. Um, so we've got a couple of pictures that I'm going to show um, up on the screen. So this is Ilgar here um, on our left, um, and this is them uh, baptizing. I'll get out of the way here. They're uh, um, baptizing this man. Um, this is in a region of Azerbaijan this last week, and so um, doing some awesome stuff. We can show the next picture here. Um, so this is the part of Azerbaijan uh, where they're ministering this last week, um, and as you can see, you can kind of get an idea of where Azerbaijan is on the map. Uh, Russia's right up here. Um, and then if you show the next picture, one of the spots that they're ministering is called Dagestan. So you can pray for that specifically, um, that area. So Russia as a whole has about 50, 57% uh, evangel uh, evangelical Christian uh, is about 57%. But in this region, it's 0.033% Christian. So they've got their work cut out for them. Um, and just in this region alone, if they're going to reach this one region, um, it's estimated that they need about 87 full-time missionaries to reach the population there. So Ilgar is there. He's equipping uh, other Christian leaders to be sent out from their church in Azerbaijan to reach this region and other parts of Azerbaijan. So they're doing amazing things. And uh, so we just want to uh, share that with you so you can be praying, so you can be partnering with them in prayer um, and, yeah, joining along with us. So uh, with that, I'm going to invite Jeremy up, and he's going to share a little bit about the baptism. Well, good morning. The exciting thing about tonight is nothing is changing. Sharks are not changing anything. Uh, the beach access being closed, that's not going to change anything. We are still having our beach baptism and bonfire tonight from 5 to 7. Exciting. We have over 13 people already signed up to be baptized. That's amazing. Uh, so I just, I just know that there's going to be more people that are going to show up that are going to want to be baptized there. That is okay. We don't require a baptism class, nothing like that. They just a clear understanding of the gospel, who Jesus is, what baptism is. And, and, and so we're, we'll be ready to, tonight to, to baptize more people. And it's going to be exciting. Um, just a, a couple updates. Parking-wise, um, if... if Amazing. We got a family that are, it's already, they're already set up on the beach. They reserved our spot. So you're going to drive down to the end of Grand. There's Finn's Restaurant. You can park in that lot. You can park in all those different parking spots right there at the end of Grand. Um, and then just w simply walk onto beach between the toll booth and Finn's. And 20 feet off, off, the, off the sidewalk is where we're going to be set up. So we're going to be right there. We'll have some flags up. And then tide's going to be high, so don't worry about sharks. We don't have to go that far out there to get baptized. Uh, somebody showed me of a great white jumping at the end of here. Don't worry about that. No, no sharks. Um, and um, if you do want to drive on the beach, uh, this will be right at the end of the, the section where you can drive. If you do want to drive on the beach, we recommend that you go and get your um, parking passes right after church. They say about two o'clock. They they fill up for the uh, they stop issuing the parking or the driving on the beach thing. So exciting. Uh, hope to see you all there. We'll have some hot dogs and, and uh, some s'mores. So uh, see you there five to seven at the end of Grand. And now I just want to release you to say uh, hi to someone around you. We'll do a minute mingle and then we'll gather back up.
back. We have a lot, a lot, a lot to do today. So it's already been super, super busy. Um, I'm going to try to teach from 1 Peter today. Even if I do, though, I'm getting through two verses. And um, so it's going to be, it's going to be, a, there's, a, there's a lot crammed into the day. So um, in preparation for communion at the end of the service, make sure you've got your elements. And then we'll, uh, at the end of the service, we'll take communion together. And uh, so these are the elements, the COVID safe elements that we're still using. So um, I talked to you a couple weeks ago about how a couple people are getting ready to retire. Well, that has happened now. Ron D. and Christy Sweezer. Are, they, are there, those guys here? Come on up if you guys are here. There's Ron D. Where's Christy Sweezo? Oh, there she is. Come on up. So Ron and Christy have both been with us for 14, 15 years, a long time. Has it been 15 years? Four, 12. Oh, 12. It just seems like 15. It just seems like, it seems like you've always been here with us. That, that was a good thing I meant to say. <laughs> and so Ron's been um, with us for 14, going on 15 years as, as well. And so, but uh, both of them are... Well, Ron's retiring. So, Ron, why don't you tell him what you're doing? Sure. sure. Um, let me just take a few minutes to kind of give you my story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I've been serving the Lord full-time ministry for 38 years. Uh, started when I was two. Um, so, actually, because some people have asked me, you know, well, how old are you? You're too young or whatever. So, I'll be 64 in a couple of weeks. Uh, so DJ and I, so DJ's right back here. So she and I started a home Bible study in our home in 1984. And then the two of us and another couple, we wound up planting a church in Avila Beach. Didn't know what we were doing, but we just felt that's what God would have us do. So we planted uh, the church in Avila in 1985. And I served as assistant pastor there for eight years and then senior pastor there for 13 years. So 21 years in Avila. Uh, Avila Beach Christian Fellowship. How many used to, raise your hand if you were part of Avila? Yeah, I know there's, we had a bit of a reunion last Saturday because uh, Cheryl Hancock went home to be with the Lord recently. She was a dear friend of ours that we sent out from our church in Avila. And so we had a memorial service for her and it was just one of those wonderful reunions of, of folks that we served together with at Avila. So uh, it was um, after about 21 years, I just felt the Lord stir in my heart just saying, you know, um, your time in Avila is coming to an end. And I had no idea what the next step was. But so DJ and I would talk about it. And, and so I, I resigned my position there. And then um, so for about three years, so for my, me, my life, it's always been a venture of faith. So it's like I don't exactly know what, what is next. And so for about three years, I actually served with uh, Amanda's dad, so Jim, Jim and I traveled the country and did ministry around the country. And then it was, uh, I think it was about 2007, where our family began to attend here at Harvest Church uh, when, when you guys were meeting in the grass area behind the parsonage. First time, you know, Julie Spiller was on the worship team. Yeah. So then um, Pastor Steve asked me if I would uh, begin to come on staff here. So in 2008, I took on the role of associate pastor here. So I've been serving here for 14 years. And so just within uh, maybe the, the end of last year, beginning of this year, I just felt the Lord stirring my heart again, just saying, you know, um, your time here in that role is coming to an end. So um, to be sure, retirement for me is not riding off into the sunset, 
um, golfing, fishing, hunting. I don't do any of those things. So uh, what it means to me is another step in the adventure of ministry that, that God would have me to do. Uh, so I will still be here. I'm still serving on the elder team. Um, I'll still be teaching occasionally. In fact, I'll be teaching on the 21st uh, because Curtis is getting Mary, Curtis and, and Clark, and then and then basically that means the whole Henry family are off for about a couple of months. I don't know. I, I think they're all going going on your honeymoon together. Hope you're prepared for that. Right. So I will still be around. Uh, Harvest Church is still our home. Uh, I will just be serving a little bit different role. So I, I don't. I want to say this. In in conclusion, you know how long it takes pastors to conclude something. Uh, it has been uh, a phenomenal joy in my life and our life serving here at Harvest and the, the role we've had both with the staff team and, and, and the community believers here. I mean, it's just been truly um, wonderful. It's been a great privilege. So you will still be seeing us around uh, until I die. Cool. <laughs> we were talking. Now, Christy is altogether way too young to be retiring, That's right. That's so right. she's actually starting a, it's kind of a ministry, it's a, it's yeah. a business called AA, right? Is it, <laughs> a, is that, did I get that right? Acorns and Arrows, Acorns Learning and Community, arrows. yes. A, I was close. Yeah. Anyway, so tell us what you're doing, how long you've been here, what's going on, and... Yeah, um, I echo so much of what Ron said, but um, prior to coming on staff here at Harvest, I was a public school teacher for 14 years, and then God um, shifted my path a bit and came on board here, and I started out working on with children's ministries for about nine years and then transitioned into some other roles. And um, like Ron said, it has been just an absolute joy to get to know so many of you, work with families and children, and um, then into adult ministry. And children and families has always been my passion, if you know me well, and, and especially young moms and working with moms. And um, so over the past uh, couple years, <laughs> God's been kind of <laughs> stirring my heart a little bit into some other areas back toward education and so I've been uh, stepping out of things here a little bit slowly, and it's taken a little bit of time. But um, yeah, in the past few months, God's opened the door for me to open my own business in the community and really continue our mission of harvest of impacting our community and our world with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to be um, offering a homeschool support program for families who have chosen to homeschool their children. As many of you know, our educational system is shifting a lot. Our culture has changed a lot. And parents are feeling the tug to bring their, their children home and educate them at home. And so God's called me to really support families in doing that. And so we'll be offering a program where students come two days a week and they're with other homeschooled children and we have classes for them. I provide um, support for the moms in how to homeschool and answering questions. So I'm really excited about it. It's very scary. I've never opened my own business before, so I'm learning a lot. But um, God just brought so many amazing people around me to do this. So I feel um, so blessed. And like Ron, we're not going anywhere. My, our family is here. We're harvest through and through. And so we're here. You'll see us serving and being involved. And it's just um, a joy to be a part of this church. The staff team's amazing. Um, pastors love them dearly. And so thank you so much. Gather around here. 
Let's get uh, Gary and Jim up here as well. We're going to pray over these guys. So uh, Neil, one of our other elders, is out of, out of state currently. So Jim and Gary, let's get you guys right here. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And uh, so, Gary, I'm going to have you pray for Ron. And uh, Jim, I'm going to have you pray for Christy. So here you go. You need to have that. And uh, so let's all agree and bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for Ron, what a man of God he is, Lord. We thank you, Father, for his service at this church and in Avila and everywhere that he served you, Lord, across this country. We thank you, God, that as your word says, Lord, a tree that's planted by the water will bring forth fruit in its season continually. And we know, God, that you have more ministries and uh, just different works that you have for Ron to do and for DJ. And we pray, God, that you would just bless them continually, bless their family, bless all of their friends and, and relatives, and help them, Lord, to continue being a shining light as they have been for so many years. I thank you for my brother and my friend. And I pray that you would just really bless his latter days in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Gary. Mr. Erickson. <laughs> Lord, thank you for today. Lord, um, what a pleasure it is to be in the house of the Lord. And thank you for giving us another day to worship you, to praise you, and offer our, our praises and ourselves, everything that we have to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Christy and her uh, service here at Harvest and her passion for education. I share that passion as well. So, Lord, we pray that as she's opening up her new business, Lord, pray that all that goes well. And uh, pray that uh, families in the community will learn about Christy and her services. And uh, we just pray that it will blossom and it'll spread the good news of Jesus Christ to maybe those that don't uh, attend church, but yet will hear the word through uh, what Christy's going to be doing. Lord, we thank you for her uh, presence here. We thank you that her and her family are staying here at Harvest uh, to continue to serve uh, our great God. Lord, we thank you for her everything, all the blessings that you give us every day, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, before you guys go, I just wanted to say that um, on Wednesday last week, our staff team gathered for lunch, and we honored Ron and Christy oh, with gifts. So Ron doesn't hunt, but he does shoot trap, and so we got him a new trap gun, and uh, we're going to... might not know what trap is. You know what trap... So, you know, pull! Boom! Yeah, there we go. Pull, boom. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, clay pigeons. Yeah. So, um, so that's we got him a gift there, and we got Christy a beautiful. Are you have it on? Oh, she has her necklace on. <laughs> there we go, showing it off there. So, anyway, just uh, we wanted to honor them with nice gifts, saying thank you. We love you. The church is um, richer, better. Um, more fruitful as a result of your input, your 
participation, the using of your gifts and talents. And so we're eternally grateful. The kingdom is eternally impacted because of your faithfulness. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for the privilege that it's been for me to serve with both of you. Um, as a leader, you, you really pray that God would bring you a great team. And I've been so, so incredibly blessed by you both. And I just want to say thank you. I love you both. And uh, let's continue to march forward together. Amen. Amen. Let's give a hug here. <laughs> love you, love you, love you. Love you guys. Hey, the elders, you guys can go, and oh, except for you, uh, Christy can go, the elders. So Ron's still an elder here. So uh, yeah, stay up here. Um, so as God raises up, what you, we're actually going to, well, you turned it off. Okay, go ahead and have it. Is Joe DeLeon here? Where's Joe? Is he here? Hey, there's Joe. Come on up, Joe. <clears throat> there we go. So can I get the certificate right there as well? I left that there. Joe, hey, got a fresh haircut. You're looking good. <laughs> I got a fresh haircut too. Right? Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, good, right? is yours thin on the top like oh, mine? Yeah, 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 right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Try to keep that long and do the comb over, but uh, it's not a good, uh, not a good look on me. Yeah, yeah. Trying, 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 trying. So Joe and his family, Katie and their kid, they've been here for how many years have you guys been here, Joe? Uh, going on ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Uh, ten years. Yeah. There we going go. on there ten years. Go. Ten yeah. years. And uh, Joe uh, has been volunteering at Lifeline Crisis Pregnancy Center for a number of years uh, now. Yeah, yeah, going, about, uh, going on two years. On two yeah, years, yeah, two years. and working out of his passion and out of his experience to minister to the dads who are unexpectedly dealing with pregnancy, pregnancy. and that sort of thing. And right. so... Uh, Joe had that experience, and um, yeah. you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, about 27 years ago, um, I was faced with, me and my wife were faced at the time, was boyfriend, girlfriend, faced with pregnancy. Uh, I was, we were 16, and so obviously at 16, you know, you want to cover up, and you want to hide it, and you don't want anybody to know, especially mom and dad, and so we were going through the whole motion of trying to figure out what we were going to do, what the next step was. And so we were thinking about abortion. And so we called, um, my wife called down to an abortion clinic that was giving abortions up to uh, six months. And so um, through that time, we had opened up to close friends and relatives, cousins. And one of my cousins in class was like, hey, you should tell her to go down to Lifeline Pregnancy Center and see what they can do. At that point, we didn't know what Lifeline was. You know, we didn't know what, what their services were or what. We thought, okay, maybe it's a local abortion clinic. And come to find out that um, <clears throat> the women there, as she went, she decided to go and um, she didn't give no information, no nothing. They just kind of just brought her in with love and kindness and really just kind of ministered to her. Um, they, you know, officially gave her the announcement that she was pregnant. And um, at this time, I want to say she was about three or four months. Um, and so they just asked if they could pray to her and pray with her and pray for her and the baby. And right there, she just felt that the Holy Spirit was telling her that you're going to keep the baby. Mm. And so she called me later that night and said, hey, you know, I just want to share with you that I am, you know, definitely pregnant. And if you want out, this is your time out, but I'm going to keep the baby. 
And I said, no, I'm definitely there for the long haul, and we're here, and let's do this. So that's where it started. And, you know, I think it was 25 years later, I found myself um, getting involved with Lifeline uh, as an advocate, as, you know, and it just came full circle, and now here we are, and Mm -hmm. going around speaking to young men and and ladies uh, at different uh, youth ministries, um, at different churches throughout the uh, Central Coast, sharing about, you know, healthy choices, and, you know, there's just options, and, you know, just the whole thing about relationship, and what it should be under Christ, and what it looks like, and so we're just there to love them, support them, and know that they're not alone. And so that's what we do. And so we've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's been great. It's growing, and uh, we're excited to see what happens. Yeah, we yeah. couldn't be more proud of what God is doing with you. I, I love that God uses the broken pieces of our lives to minister to others. Out of that brokenness, we can relate to people. We can love people deeply under, with understanding and compassion. Right. And uh, so Joe, Joe's been doing this with Lifeline uh, clients, mm-hmm. but also at work. Joe's been salt and light, you know, impacting his, his work with the, with the message of the, yeah. the gospel. And so he's been mentoring young men. And uh, one guy in particular uh, at work, said he, he's getting ready to get married. And he said, hey, Joe, uh, you know, help me out. Yeah. So Joe's been kind of counseling with that or helping him navigate that. And then the guy said, hey, would you officiate my my wedding yeah. and uh, yeah. so Joe Joe's like I, I don't know I am not <laughs> yeah I was yeah. like okay well let me check it out and yeah so, yeah yeah you know I was gonna go online and do it and then I ended up actually getting um, uh, pointed into the direction of the church and they're like hey no go check out Pastor Steve and see what they can do and see yeah. if you know that's something that you know you can move forward with and so I just stepped out in faith you know and yeah. didn't know what it was gonna do or lead into and. Here I am and getting presented with this. And it's just the goodness and faithfulness of God um, that he's showing throughout my life. And I don't want to miss that, you know, because um, he's pulled me out of the ashes and, and, you know, before Christ. And to bring me up here and to just be um, that confirmation through elders and and my family members um, that have been there. You know, uh, really, really is why I'm stepping out. And, and just like this young man asking me, you know, just sharing through, through, my, through my testimony and just sharing the gospel like we're called to do, you know, being that light. Um, it's just really just confirmed that this is the next chapter. And so I'm just stepping out and seeing what happens. Yeah, so we're here to recognize what God is doing in Joe's life. Um, he asked if there would be a possibility for us to uh, honor him with a, a license, a minister's license, so he can do the service, uh, the marriage, so he can officiate the service, the marriage ceremony. And, uh, and so we gathered as elders, and Neil was there as well, and we uh, just spent some time interviewing Joe. And again, he's been here for 10 years, so we know Joe pretty well. Yeah. And uh, so we had the chance just to interview him and really ask him some hard questions about his faith, about his life, and about his purpose in life. And uh, so we've all got, uh, when, when we come to faith in Jesus, we're all given gifts and talents. 
And uh, when those gifts and talents are affirmed by people in our lives, we know that God's really doing something. So sometimes we think, oh, I've, I feel called to this, but if nobody's affirming it, then there may be some questions around that. But, but we affirm what God is doing with Joe. Joe's going to continue his ministry at Lifeline as a volunteer. He's uh, not coming on staff with us at Harvest Church. He's going to be a lay minister, though, that we recognize and honor. And so we've got a certificate of license here. It says, certificate of license. This certifies that Joe DeLeon has completed all the requirements to become a licensed minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and is hereby awarded the certificate by Harvest Bible Fellowship. That's our formal name, 124 West Branch Street, Roy Grandy. So we signed it. And uh, I want to read from 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, to you and over you, and as a challenge and um, as kind of some marching orders for you as you move forward. Uh, before I do that, though, we've talked about just maintaining uh, a gratitude and a humility before the Lord, a, a lowliness um, as you serve people. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He came as a lowly servant. He's the king of kings, but he came to serve. And so as you serve men and women, as you serve people, it's never from a place of I've arrived or I've got it all figured out or I've got all of the answers, but it's from a place of uh, gratitude that the Lord has given you opportunity, has placed you in a position to speak words of life and grace and truth so that others might be uh, be drawn to him, be edified in their most holy faith, and continue to pursue him. And so I'll read to you what Paul wrote to Timothy uh, about his ministry. In First Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, it says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths, but you... You should keep a clear mind in every situation. Keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given to you. As for me, Paul writes, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So preach the word, be faithful, and just watch what God will do in your life as you surrender yourself to him. And so with that, as Ron is the outgoing pastor on our team. We're going to let him pray. He's still a pastor here, but uh, you know what I mean. So we're going to have Ron pray over okay. you. And All right. So Lord, we're just following the model that we see in scripture that when it's obvious someone is called to ministry, 
Lord, that we agree with that. We agree with your calling upon Joe's life. We lay hands upon him, which is really a formal way of setting him apart for the work of the ministry that you've called him to do. So, Lord, not only us up here, the elders, but all of us as a community of believers, we, we recognize that, that your hand is upon Joe and that you have lots of opportunity both now and in the future, for him to minister to people. So we say yes, Lord, to what you're doing in Joe's life. We pray for he and Katie, the whole family. Uh, Lord, we, we expect that you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think because of the fact that Joe is, is your servant and you've filled him with your spirit. You've put a passion within his heart to speak uh, your word faithfully. And so, Lord, we, we lift him up to you. Uh, thank you that you, whom you call you also equip. Lord, you equipped Joe to accomplish the purposes for which he is um, pursuing. So, Lord, we thank you for our brother. Lord, we bless him. We love him. And we want to support him and encourage him and pray for him. And we, we just bless you. Thank you for the fruit that, that will be coming about, eternal, lasting uh, fruit because of the, the obedience, Lord, that he said yes to you. And you've called him. And so, Lord, we expect that you're going to um, just take him on this journey. It would be a, a, not an easy journey, but certainly an incredible journey as he walks us out with you, Lord. We pray, and we all agree, in Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Love you, Joe. Congratulations, buddy. <laughs> love you, love you. So as we said, Joe um, is, is a volunteer at Lifeline, and uh, Curtis talked about the Lifeline banquet that is coming up. Harvest Church, we actually bought a table. Uh, how many sit at the table, Joe? Is it like eight or ten? Ten. So we've got, we've got space for ten. But listen, we're not letting just anybody sit at the table. So if you're coming just for a free meal, it's not for you. But if you want to come in preparation uh, to give and to bless the ministry of Lifeline with a financial gift, then we've got a place at the table for you. So it's easy to ask for money for somebody else. It's harder to ask for money for yourself. So for Lifeline, if you want to go and be a part of that celebration at the banquet, let us know. We've got 10 spaces that are available for people who, again, want to plan to show up and prayerfully support financially the work of the ministry there. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, we're going to be uh, inviting Jean Nene up. Where's Jean? I told you, we got a lot going on today. So, so Jean is, uh, yeah, take the microphone, Jean, come on up. Jean's been out sick, dealing with all kinds of stuff. The Lord's been blessing her and touching her and healing her. And uh, so what's the latest on your cancer scare there, girl? All clear. All clear. All good? That's awesome. Congratulations. So Jean is a uh, prolific poet. And... Uh, she writes poetry like nobody's business. And so when we started our study through the book of James, she wrote, Jean, the Lord just kind of gave her the, the ability to write a kind of a synopsis of each chapter. And uh, so uh, my goal today was to get up and kind of teach and kind of close out the book of James. But then I reread her poem <laughs> and I'm like, this does it. So Jean's going to take five minutes and read her poem in her British accent her English accent so that it sounds like she wrote it, and then we'll jump into our next study here. So They don't like it when you read them. No, they don't. Yeah, I don't do them any justice, Jean. <laughs> well, we did James at our ladies' Bible study recently. Um, 
Thursday mornings in the loft, and I always like to recap like Steve does. And as I was going through the lessons, it just turned into a poem. No one was more amazed than me. <laughs> so here we go. This is the book of James. And, you know, we need to recap because we tend to what? Forget. And James is such an incredible book on how to live the life that we've signed up for. So here we go. Chapter 1. The trials of life perfect us, so we joyfully embrace hardships and difficulties, looking to the master's face, requesting wisdom from above. It's free and there for all, though don't be double-minded or you'll get none at all. Rich or poor, it makes no odds in God's economy. Death comes to all and trials too. God tests your faith, you see. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord above. He birthed us by his word of truth, enveloped us in love. Watch your tongue, it is a fire. Listen more than talk. Be doers of the word you hear. You need to walk the walk. Don't just sit and soak up God. You need to help each other. To truly be a child of God, of this world, be not a lover. Chapter 2. God shows no partiality to man, and neither friend should you. All are equal in his sight, the rich and homeless too. Love your neighbor as yourself, favoritism is a sin. God chose the poor for richest faith, their honor is in him. Break one item of the law, and you're guilty of it all. Show no mercy, you'll get none. God judges one and all. Look around to meet a need. Work out what's been worked in. The fruit of faith is what you do. To hoard it is a sin. Abe was proved a righteous man by all the things he did. Faith and action, trusting God, made him a friend of God. Rahab the harlot trusted too, became an ancestor of the Lord. Saved from destruction by her faith, her actions saved her life. Chapter 3. If you decide to teach the folk, be careful what you say, for all of us can give offense, imperfect as we are. Our tongue a deadly weapon, lifting up or tearing down. Like a spark, it sets ablaze a world of hurt and pain. With our mouth, we bless the Lord and then run someone down. A fountain's either good or bad. No compromise should be found. Are any here intelligent? full of wisdom, good and true, then live an upright, noble life, humbly helping others too. Jealousy and contention comes from Satan and his crew, but wisdom comes from God above, is pure and peaceful, loving, true. Wholehearted and straightforward, no doubts or wavering here, fill your life with righteousness, creating peace for all who hear. Chapter 4. Discord and contention come from our earthly warring soul. We want the things we do not have. We feel they'll make us whole. Ask of God the things you need with a heart that's pure and true. Not with selfish motives, though. He'll give you all that's good for you. You cannot be the world's friend when you belong to God. He loves you with a jealous love. He'll give you grace to choose. The things that truly please him most Though the Holy, through the Holy Spirit's power, resist that wily Satan, and he will run for cover. 
Humble your heart and drawing close to Papa, Almighty God. He'll hold you tight and keep you near. Forgive your wandering heart. He'll lift you up, exalt you high. He'll glorify your life. When in remorse you seek his face, he will make all things right. There is one judge, one lawgiver, and it definitely isn't us. So mind your own business and leave the judging to the boss. Pray before you make your plans to visit here and there. Pray God's will upon your life and let him lead you there. Gold and silver will, chapter 5, gold and silver will rust through. Be careful what you store. Don't cheat workers of their wages. Their cry comes before the Lord. Be patient till you see the day, the coming of the Lord. Do not kill the innocent or in soft living put your store. Before too long, the Lord will come as a farmer awaiting rain. Be patient, knowing it will come. Be strong until that time. Be steadfast and enduring as the prophets were before. Remember Job and all he lost, and then God gave him more. If you're sad, then pray to God. If happy, sing his praise. If sick, have people pray for you. Anoint with oil and pray with faith. Confess your faults, your slips, and pray forgiveness for your sins. Prayer is a very powerful tool that changes many things. Elijah was a man like you, and he prayed it would not rain. For three and a half years, the drought came on until he prayed again. And you are like Elijah. So if you see a sister or brother fall, lovingly restore with prayer, for God loves you so. That's all. Thank you, Jean. She, you know, Jean's been writing poems forever. And then um, years ago, just a real quick story, um, she read Bible stories and put them on tapes and CDs. And so a lot of our young people that are now adults around here grew up listening to Jean's Bible stories. And that's how they learned the books of, or the different Bible stories and things like that. So a lot of people have really been blessed and um, ministered to by our friend Jean. So thank you. I'm so glad you're clear and good. Your cancer's gone. And uh, so we'll celebrate that with you. So good stuff. Good stuff. <clears throat> first Peter chapter one, go ahead and open up first Peter chapter one. You know, as we attempt to understand what the scripture tells us and helps us to, as we attempt to understand what the verses mean, um, there's a process called exegesis, and there's a principle in exegesis called the synthesis principle. And uh, so I want to explain kind of the synthesis principle for us because I, I think it helps us understand how to read the Bible and how to understand the Bible. God's got a message for us in the Word of God. So as we think through the scripture that we're reading as we come across something, we need to consider the context. What is the immediate context of this, this verse? And so as you look at a verse and you are considering the context, there's the immediate context, the verses prior and after the verse that you're reading. You want to understand what is being communicated, and there's nothing better to interpret Scripture than Scripture itself. And so there's the immediate context, what is written just prior 
and just after the verse that you're trying to understand. And then there's the wider context. And so we're going to be in 1 Peter. And so if you come across a verse in 1 Peter uh, that you're not fully grasping, so you look at the immediate context, but then you look at the wider context. What is the writer of Peter trying to communicate? What's the message of 1 Peter? And so as you read through that difficult passage, you can begin to consider not just the immediate but the wider context and begin to get some better understanding of that verse. And then as you are still maybe still struggling and you want to make sure that the way you understand the verse is actually the way God intended for us to understand the verse, then we need to look at the complete context of the Word of God, the Old and the New Testament. So this synthesis process or or, or, or uh, program will help us to understand the scripture. And so as we read the scripture and as we decide what it is that we believe about the scripture, we need to make sure that our theology, because we've all got a theology about God, theology is the study of the nature of God. And so we all have a theology about God. We all believe something about God. So we need to make sure that our theology, what we're believing, our doctrine is communicated in the scriptures of the Old and the New Testament. The the scriptures in the Old and the New Testament all speak a message, and that message points us to Jesus. And there's understandings throughout the Old and the New Testament that will help us serve Jesus. And so that's why when we talked about the different types of laws a few weeks ago, we talked about the ceremonial laws, we talked about the civil laws, and we talked about the moral laws. And so we, in an effort to understand what our obligation is as believers, we really applied that synthesis model, and we, just, we know from that model, from that type of, ex, or at least that portion of, uh, of exegesis, we know that the ceremonial laws for a, were for a time, but when Christ came, all of that ended. We know that the civil laws were for the people in Palestine and the, the people of Israel, and they were there. A lot of them are transferable today, and they kind of share space with moral laws, and so we see some of the civil laws, and we covered those a couple weeks ago, actually our moral laws as well. And so we looked at the moral laws, and we know that those moral laws are seen in the Old and the New Testament, and that Jesus affirms them, the, the apostles affirm them, the writers of the New Testament affirm them in the Scripture. And so as we um, kind of study the Word of God, I'll share more um, kind of tidbits about exegesis and about how to study the Bible as we move forward, because I, I think it's just going to help us to continue to grow in our understanding. I think we all desire to understand the Bible, to grow in our ability to read, understand, and apply the truth. And so it'll be my uh, effort to try to share different tidbits like that from time to time, just to kind of give us a little more information as we open up the scripture. So again, we must examine a passage in relation to its immediate context. What was the next one? Wider context. And then beyond that, it's complete context, right? So immediate, wider, and complete context. We need to understand that the Bible does not contradict itself. Sometimes we read the scripture and it appears that the Bible is contradicting itself. But we know that the Bible does not contradict itself. And so we need to be faithful to understand those difficult passages in light of those uh, of the context of the Word of God. And as we do that, 
we will have greater confidence in the Bible, greater confidence in who we are as Christians, as believers, and we will be able to trust God moving forward. So let's look at the first couple verses in 1 Peter chapter 1, and then we're just going to unpack things from there. And I, I look like I've got about 30 minutes left. Is that 30 or 3? I think I might have three minutes left, so I'm not sure actually how far we will get today because um, we actually have another service that we got to get to. But um, maybe I'll just tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then next week I'll tell you what I'm going to tell you. How's that? Sound good? So 1 Peter 1, 1 and 2, this is greetings from Peter. So what do we know about Peter? <laughs> Peter was kind of reckless, right? He was kind of this gruff and tough guy. He was always speaking up when he probably should have been quiet. He was always just a little bit rambunctious and headstrong. But God uses people who are rambunctious and headstrong for his kingdom purposes. And he also uses people who are more timid and quiet and soft-spoken. He uses all of us with our personalities as he gives us gifts and talents to edify, to build up the body of Christ and so that we might be salt and light. So I love Peter because he steps all over his own tongue and he gets himself in trouble, but Peter learns. He learns from his mistakes. And don't we all need to have that perspective? Like, man, I misstepped there or I misspoke there. I need to back up a little bit, reconsider my life, my motivations, my words, and then think clearly about what God would have me to do. So Peter, he's all over the place. But in Acts, we read that as Peter preached, how many people came to faith in Jesus? Thousands, right? Thousands come to faith in Jesus Christ because of Peter's newfound clarity and unction. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and he's speaking the truth with passion and clarity and people are responding. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So he was one of the ones where Jesus said, Peter, come, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. So Jesus identified Peter as a man that he wanted in his inner circle because he had purpose for him. And so Peter lives the rest of his life serving, honoring, and giving himself to Jesus. Ultimately, Peter is crucified upside down. He is uh, martyred like most of the other apostles, and he gives his life all the way through and through for the gospel. I'm writing to God's chosen people, he writes. And we see a kind of a similar greeting in, in James chapter 1. Uh, as James writes to his listener, Peter writes to his listener. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These are all Roman provinces that are now located in a place called Turkey. So Turkey, we just heard about Ilgar in Azerbaijan. And if you look on the map, like we just had up there, you'll see that uh, Azerbaijan's just east of Turkey. And so this letter is written to people in this part of the world. And so I'm so excited that we get to 
support the work of the gospel in Azerbaijan. So to reinforce that, we need to be praying for Ilgar. And as Curtis said, we need like 87 full-time missionaries for that one area, that one region to be saturated with the gospel. And so uh, for 2,000 years, the gospel has been communicated to this region. Gospel, God's been trying to reach the people of this region. And to this day, we're still trying to reach the people of that region. Verse 2, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. So again, who is Peter writing to? Verse 1, I am writing to God's chosen people. That's the New Living Translation of that verse. The NIV, the New International Version, says, I'm writing to God's elect. The ESV says, to those who are elect. What does it mean to be elect? So when you go to a, a polling station, and it's uh, midterms or whatever the election season is, and you're casting your vote, you are hoping to elect the next person in the office. So the elect are those who are chosen. They are picked. They are chosen by God for a purpose and for salvation. So Christ has elected, God has elected those who will be saved. And so now we get into all kinds of murky water. And um, I'm down to 49 seconds. Oh, who put it back up? Now I'm at 851. You guys are so confusing me. Did I? Negative eight? Is that a negative? My eyes are so bad. Here we go. I am overdue. Okay. So this is what we're going to talk about next week. All right, next week. We're going to answer the question, did we choose God or did God choose us? And we're going to be looking at the difference between Calvinism and Arminianism. John Calvin coined what we, or uh, what's the word, uh, kind of described what he believes about God and his sovereignty and about his foreknowledge. And, um, and then uh, his student, uh, Jacob Arminian, um, who was a Calvinist because of his uh, tutelage under John Calvin, he, after getting into the ministry, he decided to think differently and began to read the scripture and think differently about God and his sovereignty and his foreknowledge. And so we're going to unpack it. I, I, I'm so anxious to get to this <laughs> right now. And I was really hoping we could get to it today, but there's just so much going on. So next week, I'm going to tell you, we're going to get into this Calvinism versus Arminianism, and we're going to unpack this thing. And hopefully by the end of the week next week, uh, end of the service next week, we'll have some clarity about who God is, about his foreknowledge, about election, about what God is doing in the world. Amen? Amen. Let's, with that, go ahead and stand up. We're going to invite the worship team back. And uh, sorry to tease you with that, but we're going to have to pick it up next week. And so, Lord, as we continue to worship, God, uh, we, we thank you, Lord. And, and uh, we're grateful, Lord, for your word that it teaches us, Lord, and that um, 
so many amazing things happen, and uh, we're just grateful for who you are. And so, Lord, as we get ready to take communion, we just want to reflect on what happened on that cross 2,000 years ago. Lord, we want to remember, God, who you are and what you're all about. And so, God, we, we once a month, Lord, we stop, we pause, and we reflect on that sacrifice that you made on Calvary 2,000 years ago. And we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where it says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Paul writes, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Let's go ahead and take the bread. pierced, whipped, scourged, beaten for me in my place. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus the Lord. And so thank you for paying the penalty for my sin, for our sin, individually, collectively, corporately. God, you've died for our sins. And we believe that and we honor you for that sacrifice today. We love you. Jesus' name. In the same way, verse 25, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's take the juice. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be refreshed by the juice as it represents your blood. And your blood is what cleanses us. There's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. Lord, there's no forgiveness without the shedding. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. So you gave your body and your blood, and we praise you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. And God, as we worship you with, these, with this last set of worship, this last song, we pray that you would be glorified as we, as we align our lives with you, as we confess our sin, as we allow you to be Lord and leader of our lives, Lord God, today and every day, Lord, be glorified. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, Jesus died for you. He loves you. Bible calls us all sinners. We've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And that wage of sin, the penalty for that sin is death. And so Jesus came to die for us, paying the penalty, taking the sins of humanity upon himself so that we might be forgiven and walk in newness of life called being born again. And so, Lord, we thank you for that gift. 
pray that whoever's here today who has never made that decision to make you Lord and leader of their lives to receive your grace and your mercy and your love. God, I pray that they do that now. Thank you, Lord. God, we love you as we worship. Help us to just continue to worship in spirit and in truth. Be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
powerful name. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for this morning in church and for the time we took to take communion and the time we took to honor people. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We just give you the rest of our day, the rest of our week. In your precious name.